in an elegantly appointed drawing room in Audley Street, Julia, Lady Fieldhurst, sat watching raindrops race one another down the window pane. Beyond the glass, a few pedestrians, hardy enough to venture out into the inclement weather, tugged hats down and collars up to protect themselves from the elements. The dreary scene reminded her all too clearly of Scotland on the day of her departure some weeks earlier. She had been prone to melancholy in the days since then, a depression of spirits that had little to do with the November weather and still less to do with the violent death of her husband six months previously. A penny for your thoughts, said her companion, a rather dashing young matron in her mid-thirties, a decade older than Julia herself. Lady Fieldhurst made a feeble attempt at a smile. You would find them overpriced, I fear. Julia, I wish you would tell me what is troubling you, urged Lady Dunnington. I vow I've never known you to be so distracted. I beg your pardon, Emily. Lady Fieldhurst gave her head a little shake, as if to clear it. I've had much on my mind of late. The sale of Frederick's house in Queen's Gardens, and the hire of one in Curzon Street while I look for something to buy. Balderdash, declared the Countess of Dunnington, inelegantly. Oh, I don't blame you for selling your husband's little love nest and purchasing something for yourself with fewer unpleasant associations. But that is not the reason for your current preoccupation. You've been this way ever since you returned from Scotland, and that was two weeks ago. When are you going to give in and tell me what happened there? Lady Fieldhurst glanced around the room, rather wildly, but there was no support to be found in Lady Dunnington's graceful heppel-white furnishings. I told you, she insisted. I disgraced myself with the Fieldhursts. Again, and was exiled to Scotland for my sins with George's three sons in tow. At the last minute, we, uh, the boys and I, that is, decided not to rusticate at the Fieldhurst estate as ordered, but stopped instead at a very pleasant inn overlooking the sea. The boys had a lovely time, but neither George nor Mother Fieldhurst was best pleased with our defection. Lady Dunnington set down her empty teacup with perhaps more force than was necessary, and made a noise which in a less aristocratic female would have been called a snort. Fuh! Frederick has been dead for six months now, Julia. When are you going to stop letting his mother and his heir browbeat you? I don't let them browbeat me, Lady Fieldhurst said, without much conviction. I have gone into half-mourning, knowing quite well that they do not approve, she pointed out, gesturing toward her grey gown. Yes, and I am very pleased to see it, Lady Dunnington said, nodding in approval. I should be happier still to see you in colours, but I know you dare not flout convention to such a degree, at least not yet. Be warned, though, on the anniversary of Frederick's death I intend to present you with a bright red bonnet. Julia had to laugh. If you wish me to appear hag-ridden, by all means do so. I haven't the colouring to wear bright red, as you well know. I fear I must leave the red to you, my dear. Very well, then, acknowledged the dark-haired countess, regarding her friend with an appraising eye. Celestial blue, or perhaps Pomona green. Something besides unrelieved black or grey in any case. Not that you don't look disgustingly lovely even in mourning. If I were ten years younger, I should be quite mad with jealousy. And I shall be happy to wear either blue or green, promised Lady Fieldhurst, 
when the time comes. Still, there are other ways you might rebel, Lady Dunnington said, leaning forward confidingly. Things the Fieldhurst cabal need know nothing about. Emily! Julia shook her head, having a very fair idea what sort of things her friend had in mind. She picked up the teapot to fortify herself against the inevitable harangue, but when she tipped it over to pour, she found herself deprived of even this small comfort. The teapot, it seemed, was empty. Begging your pardon, milady. Put in a pretty little housemaid hovering discreetly in the background, in case of just such an emergency. Shall I bring more tea? Emily nodded. Thank you, Dulcie. Once the girl had absented herself from the room, Lady Dunnington returned to the original subject with all the tenacity of a dog with a bone.